Today is Mother's Day, and in honor of that day, I wanted to share some definitions of words and phrases that I found in a very intriguing book titled Mom's Dictionary. So this is according to moms. The first is carpool. What is a carpool? A complicated system of transportation where a mom always winds up going the furthest distance with the biggest bunch of kids who have had the most sugar. Date. Infrequent outings where mom and dad can enjoy worrying about the kids in a different setting. Baby. Actually, two definitions of baby. Definition number one, mom's youngest child regardless of age. Definition number two, dad when he has a cold. You big, yeah, you get the idea. Hindsight. Hindsight. What moms experience from changing too many diapers. Pets. P-E-T-S, pets, small furry creatures which follow kids home so mom will have someone else to care for. Overstuffed recliner, mom's nickname for dad. And then finally, finally jackpot, when all the kids stay at a friend's home all night long. We know that, that moms make all kinds of sacrifices and the reason moms do it is because they love their kids. And in much the same way, we know that Jesus has made incredible sacrifices for us for exactly the same reason, because of his great love for us. So with that in mind, would you pray with me this morning? God, on this Mother's Day, we want to thank you for our moms, because they're the ones who brought us into this world, God. And we're so thankful for the love and the service and the sacrifice of our mothers. And God, we know that that love is really a reflection of your love for us, the reflection of the sacrifices that Jesus was willing to make so that we could know you and be a part of your family. And God, today, as we come to worship you, I pray that you would help us to do this. God, help us to see that, that love always requires a sacrifice. And God, as we think about the fact that you call us to follow Jesus, that requires a sacrifice. You call us to give our time and our talents and our financial treasures to this mission that is changing the world. And God, I pray that that we would be willing not just to give what is easy, but to give what is hard, to give what involves a sacrifice, whether that's a sacrifice of time or talents or treasures. And God, today we know that around the world, Christians are giving at the cost of their very lives. God, we pray for those who are persecuted today in places like China and Korea and Colombia in Iran, around the world. God, that you would sustain them and protect them. And God, take their sacrifice and accomplish your purpose through it today. And Lord, as we look at your word, I pray that you will do this. Please deeply encourage us today. Come and be our teacher now, Lord, for we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, today is Mother's Day, and we certainly want to honor all the moms who are here. And I hope that the message today will encourage mothers and grandmothers and great-grandmothers and I was sharing this earlier with the worship team that it's really kind of challenging, maybe the right word is intimidating, for a man to stand up here and talk about motherhood. Because obviously guys don't know exactly what it's like to be a mom. In fact, someone made the following observations about what would happen if men did in fact get pregnant. For instance, if men got pregnant, maternity leave would last for two years with full pay natural childbirth would become obsolete. If men got pregnant, all methods of birth control would be 100% effective. And finally, if men got pregnant, morning sickness would rank as the nation's number one health problem. Now today we certainly want to honor moms and, and grandmoms and great-grandmoms and, 
And we know this, that we've had different kinds of experiences with our moms. So this is a different day for many of us. Some of us have enjoyed close relationships with our moms, and others of us have not. Uh, some of you this morning have your mom still with you. She's still living. For others, that's not the case. Some of you ladies have had the privilege of being a mother or a grandmother, but others have not. But regardless of your personal situation, on this Mother's Day, we can honor our mom or the memory of our mom by remembering that she's the one who brought us into this world and that God has a purpose for each one of our lives. My purpose today is to encourage moms and grandmoms and great-grandmoms, but listen, if you're not in that category, don't check out because this message really has application for all of us as we look at some biblical principles. Now, even though I've never been a mom, I have decades of co-parenting experience with a mom that I greatly admire and respect. And so the insights that I share today are not just mine, but insights from the scripture and insight from another mom. And I want you to do this. Take a look at the title of today's message. It's called God's Model for Motherhood. Now, moms, I realize there are all kinds of places that you can go for advice about being a great mom. And yet, the most important manual on motherhood is this book, the Bible. And so what I'd like to do is this. I want us to look at some insights for moms in the Scripture and see how they apply to our lives by answering this question, how can I become the mother God wants me to be? And here's the first thing that moms can do. Realize, realize how much influence you have. Moms, realize the incredible influence that you have in the lives of your kids. Listen to this story about a mother's influence at one point during the game, the baseball coach said to one of his young players, do you understand what cooperation is? The little boy nodded in the affirmative. Do you understand that what matters is whether we went together as a team? The little boy nodded yes. So the coach continued, listen, when a strike is called or you're out at first, you don't argue or curse or attack the umpire. Do you understand that? Again, the little boy nodded yes. Good, said the coach. Now go over and explain that to your mother. No, moms, we can profoundly affect our kids by the things that we do and by the words that we say. Wilma Rudolph, who was stricken with polio as a child, went on to run in the Olympic Games. And she said this, My doctors told me I would never walk again. My mother told me I would. I believed my mom. There's a great example of a mom positively affecting her son in the Bible. And this is the story of young Timothy. Timothy had a mentor, his name was Paul, who wrote much of the New Testament. And he says this in one of his letters to Timothy. He says, I've been reminded of your sincere faith, Timothy, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. And this is a remarkable example of how the faith of a mother and the faith of a grandmother deeply marked the life of a young man named Timothy. And Grandmothers, let me just say that God has given you the opportunity to exert great influence in the lives of your kids and your grandkids. Now, as you think about the importance of moms, there's a great verse in the Old Testament that says this. This is from the book of Deuteronomy. It says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today, notice this, are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. So moms, in order to impress God's commands and God's principles on the hearts of your child, where do those principles have to be first? In your own heart. 
And certainly that's true of dads as well. So how do we impress these, these principles, these commands of God on our children? Well, the verse continues and it says this. It says, talk about them. Talk about these principles. Talk about God when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. In other words, all the time. So moms, I want to encourage you, be on the lookout for these opportunities all during the day to talk about God, to talk about his purpose, about his principles. It could be shopping, it could be riding in the car, it could be going to the beach or going to the zoo or putting your kids to bed at night. Look for those opportunities to talk about God. And moms and dads, I want you to listen carefully. This is the number one goal of parenting. And this is a statement that I heard from a pastor that I greatly admire and respect. His name is Randy Pope, and he says this, the number one goal of parenting is to demonstrate through your words and actions the attractiveness and value of a Christ-centered life as you encourage your child to follow Jesus. Listen to that again. The number one goal of parenting is to demonstrate through your words and actions the attractiveness and value of a Christ-centered life as you encourage your child to follow Jesus. And here's why that's so important. Because we come into this world with a heart that leads us away from God and away from God's purpose. And this is an idea that's very countercultural, but is found so clearly in the scriptures. King David in Psalm 51 said this. He said, Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. And he's making a very dramatic statement about the bent of the human heart. It is not toward God. It is away from God. Now, here's why that's so important. Because we need to understand that that's not just true of, of children. That's true of us. That's true of moms and dads and grandparents. That we have this heart that naturally pulls us away from God. And the Bible has a word for that. It's the word sin. When we disobey the commands of God. To love him with all of our heart and to love our neighbor as ourself. And the Bible is clear that our sin has a dramatic effect in our lives that separates us from a holy God. And because God is just, he has to punish every sin we've ever committed, and we know what that punishment is, to die and to be separated from God forever. But here is the good news of the gospel, the good news about Jesus and what he's done for us. Because of God's great love, he sends his son Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, into this world. And Jesus becomes a human being and does something we could never do. He lives a perfect life. And then because of his great love for us, he's willing to allow himself to be arrested and beaten and crucified. And on the cross, something incredible happens. God is willing to take our sin and our failure and put it on Jesus and punish him in our place. The, the wrath of God that we deserve is poured out on Christ and he dies for us. And then he comes back to life and offers us a new life. And moms, this is so important. Jesus invites you to a new life where you walk with him, where you're someone who understands I need God's grace every single day of my life. And here's why your relationship with Jesus, mom, is so critically important. It's because it greatly influences your children. I've read survey after survey that said that the number one, the number one reason that kids develop faith on their own is because their moms and dads talk to them about their own faith. So what does that mean? It means that throughout the day you can talk to your children about your relationship with Jesus. If you're a Christian this morning, I just want to encourage you to do that. Talk about the fact that, hey, Jesus helps me. Jesus guides me. Jesus loves me, and he loves you too. And this is so important because moms have tremendous influence in the lives of their kids. And here's the flip side. Don't just talk to your kids about Jesus and God. Talk to God about your kids. Pray for them. 
And that's the second principle that I want you to look at this morning. Request great things for your children. Request great things for your children. You know, moms often go to bat for their kids and can ask some pretty bold um, things. Reminds me of this concerned mom who wrote this letter to a college president on behalf of her son. She said, Dear Sir, I'm ready to request your personal attention in the selection of a roommate for my son. He is a sensitive young man, and I've done my best to protect him from harmful influences. Please make sure that he does not have a roommate who stays out past curfew, drinks alcohol, or chases women. I greatly appreciate your help with this matter. Since my son has never been away from home, except for the three years he spent in the Marine Corps. Here's a story in the Bible about a mom who made a really big ask for her two sons. This is from Matthew's Gospel in chapter 20. It says this, Then the mother of Zebedee's sons, her sons were named James and John, came to Jesus with her sons and kneeling down to ask a favor of him. What is it you want, he asked. She said, Well, Jesus, grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. Now that's incredibly bold, isn't it? Hey, Jesus, I know you're going to set up this kingdom, so can my sons be your vice presidents? You know, your left-hand guy, your right-hand guy? Now, we could criticize Mrs. Zebedee for being brash, but you know, think about this. She could also be commended for asking something so great for her sons. And moms, I just want to encourage you to, to do that. As you pray for your sons and your daughters, we all know this as parents, that we pray for our kids and they make their own choices. But we still can pray that God would work in their hearts to make choices that honor and please him. And so, moms, I just want to encourage you. You keep praying for your kids and don't give up. And pray that God would give them a heart that's fully devoted to Jesus. Pray that God would give them really significant assignments in building his kingdom. Because really, what does it really matter if our kids grow up and they go to a great college and get a great education and they get a great job, and they live in a great neighborhood, and they drive a great car, and they have a great family if they're not pursuing God's purpose for their lives. I was thinking this morning about my mom, who's no longer with me, but I was thinking about how she prayed for me when I was just a little guy. And I remember my mom telling me one time, Dudley, I'm praying that, that someday you will be a missionary doctor. Well, as it turned out, I became a paramedic pastor. And I've had so many opportunities to travel as a missionary and work with pastors around the world. And I believe this, this largely because of the influence of my mother's prayers. So moms, pray and keep on praying and never give up as you pray for your kids. Now here's another way that moms can become the mother God wants them to be. Release your worries to God. Release your worries to God. Now, let me ask you this, and I think everybody knows the answer. What do moms worry about? <laughs> exactly. Everything. Because think about it. When you're a mom and you find out that you're expecting, a mom worries if she's taken any harmful medications before she was pregnant. She worries if her child will be healthy. She worries if she can make it through the delivery without drugs, or at least not too many drugs. Um, when her child is born, she gets a whole new set of worries. Um, she worries if her child is, is still breathing in the middle of the night. She worries whether her child is gaining enough weight. Moms worry about toddlers falling down and drinking Drano under the sink and you know, choking on that meal, um, that little toy and the Happy Meal, all these worries. And then, if that's not bad enough, your kids go to school. 
And now there's more worries. Are their classmates going to accept them? Will they make the team? Moms worry about grades. They worry about boyfriends and girlfriends and drinking and driving and sex. And the list just goes on. So if you're a mom, it's easy for me to stand up here and say, release your worries to God. But let me tell you about a mom who did exactly that. And she had a lot to worry about. She lived back in Old Testament times. In fact, her story is in the book of Exodus. And she lived in Egypt. It was during the time when the Pharaoh, the ruler of Egypt, had passed this law regarding children. And the law was simply this, that if a little girl was born, she could live. But if a little boy was born, he was to be thrown into the Nile River. That's because the Jewish population was really growing. And the Pharaoh was concerned that it was just going to get out of hand. So if you were a mom, you were supposed to actually allow this Pharaoh to kill your son. Now, would that cause you to worry? Well, absolutely. So how did this mom and her husband deal with their worries about a little boy named Moses? Well, this is what we read in the New Testament book of Hebrews. It says this, By faith, by faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born. Why? Because they saw that he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. Now, Moses' parents were not afraid of the king's edict because they had faith in another king, the king who was actually in charge of their son's life. And I think it's interesting, in this passage, it really points out there's two ways we can live, moms. We can live in fear or we can live how? Second word, what is it in this verse? You can live by faith. You can live believing that God is the one who holds the life of your child in his hands. And I think if you know the story, it's pretty intriguing. After three months, little baby Moses is probably making a lot of racket, and they're having a hard time hiding him. And so his mom builds this little ark, if you will. It's a little basket, and she floats him down the Nile River and says to his sister, hey, go watch and see what happens. Did that take faith? You bet it did. And here's a principle that I see. When you're a, a mom or a dad and you're worried about your child, this is what we can do. Everything possible. Do all that you can, but there's a point where you have to release your child to God and release your worries to God because God loves our kids even more than we do. And our lives ultimately, as well as the lives of our children, are in his hands. Now here's another important way to become the mom that God wants you to be. Number four, recognize... When to step in and when to step back. When to step in and when to step back. Somebody said one time that parenting can best be seen in the illustration of teaching a child to ride a bicycle. How many of you moms and dads have ever taught your kids to ride a bike? I was thinking about my daughter Elizabeth. And when she was a little girl, she got this shiny new bike and I was going to show her how to ride it. And she didn't want training wheels, so she just wanted to kind of jump in the deep into the pool. And I said, okay. So she gets on the bike, and she's got a little helmet on. And anyway, you know how it goes if you're a parent. You're, you're kind of walking alongside going, come on, you can do it. And then they get it, and they start going faster. Now you're running alongside. And I will tell you this. As I ran down the street holding onto that bike, I did not want to let go. Because I thought, you know, if I let go, she might wobble. She might fall down. She might get hurt. But what will happen if you never let go? they will never learn to ride on their own. And I think that one of the hardest things in being a parent, this is true of dads as well as moms, is this, this wisdom to know when to step in and when to step back. And, and there's just so many practical ways that we see that. You know, sometimes a, a child is crying at night, at bedtime, and you wonder, should I step in? Or should I kind of step back and see what happens? 
Or there's a situation as your child grows up and they're in school and there's maybe a conflict between them and a teacher or another classmate and you wonder, should I let them try to work this out? Should I step in or should I step back? Or maybe it's a teenager who's made a, a bad choice and you wonder, should I step in and kind of shield them from the consequences or should I step back and let them learn an important lesson? And I think one of the reasons this is so hard is that there's a conflict between our head and our heart. With our head, we, we know, look, we've got to let our kids grow up. We've got to help them understand that choices have consequences, and we get that with our head. But in our heart, we still want to step in and shield them from pain. And there's a story in the Bible about a mom who I think was struggling with that very thing. Her name was Mary, and she had this, this son who was about 30 years old, and he decided to leave home and just go around the countryside preaching. He left his family business to do this. And this mom, Mary, was really worried because her son was way too busy working too many hours and she was actually concerned about his mental stability. Her son was Jesus. And this is the story that we read about in Mark chapter 3. It says this, When Jesus returned to the house where he was staying, the crowds began to gather again. And soon he and his disciples couldn't even find time to eat. When his family heard what was happening, they tried to take him home with them. He's out of his mind, they said. And then this is how the story continues. Jesus' mother and brothers arrived at the house where he was teaching. They stood outside and sent word for him to come out and talk with them. There was a crowd around Jesus and someone said, Hey, your mother and brothers and sisters are outside asking for you. Now what does Jesus do? Some of you know the story. Does he go outside? No, he does not. Now, Mary loves Jesus, and she decides it is time to step in. And Jesus loves his mother, Mary, and decides it's time for her to do what? To step back. And moms, let me just say this as well. One of the things that we've, we've talked about a number of time, times in our men's ministry is relationships that, that men have with their mothers and let me say this, when a child is born, and this is really just dealing with mothers and their sons, but when a, a little baby is born, there is a physical separation. There's something that's cut. What do you call that? Yeah, the umbilical cord connects the baby to the mom. So there's this physical separation. Now the Bible says this in terms of marriage. It says this, that a man leaves his mother and father and cleaves to his wife. And so just as there is this physical separation that takes place, there is this emotional disengagement that really needs to occur so that a man, when he gets married, can have a strong relationship with his wife. And I was thinking this week that one of the, the funniest TV series I've ever seen is Everybody Loves Raymond. Anybody ever watch that show? I mean, it is just hilarious. And I think the reason it is is because it reflects real life. And you know, Ray's got this big problem. And you know what it is? He's so overly bonded to his mother and his mother is so overly bonded to him that it creates all kinds of problems in his marriage to Deborah. Now, here's the deal, moms. It takes a lot of wisdom to know when to step in and when to step back. And so, as parents, and I'm speaking of dads and moms, we need to pray and ask God to give us that wisdom. Now, here's the final way to become the mother that God wants you to be. Number five, remember that nothing, nothing is too difficult for God. I think one of the best Mother's Day stories in the whole Bible is about a mother named Sarah. And many of you know the story that Sarah is old enough to be a grandmother. She's never had a child. It's breaking her heart. And then God comes to her husband Abraham and says, Abraham, 
I'm going to make a covenant with you. And you're going to have a son. And you're going to have so many kids and grandkids and great-grandchildren, you won't be able to count them. They're going to be more numerous than the stars in the sky and the sands on the seashore. Of course, a lot of time goes by and Sarah's still not pregnant. And when she hears this incredible promise by God, what does Sarah do? Yeah, what does LOL stand for? That's what, that's what Sarah does. She laughs out loud. And how does God respond when he hears Sarah laugh? This is in Genesis chapter 18. Then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, will I, will I really have a child now that I'm old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year and Sarah will have a son. And she does. And his name is Isaac. And do you know what his name means? Laughter. Little Isaac. A child of laughter. And of course he brings a lot of joy and a lot of laughter into the life of Sarah and Abraham. And moms, I know that some of you are facing some significant challenges today. I want to encourage you to hear the words that God spoke to Sarah. Is anything too hard for the Lord? And listen, I don't know all the challenges in your life, but I know somebody who does. And God knows the, the situations that you're facing. God knows the discouragement. God knows the depression. God knows the stress of too much to do. He knows the, the struggles that you have with disciplining your children. He knows the times that you feel like you're not seeing enough of your husband. He knows those, those tension points and the conflict in your marriage. And God would say to you this morning, Mom, nothing is too hard for me. And I want to encourage you to really believe that and take it to heart. Church, every year when Mother's Day comes around, I think about what to communicate in this message, and it really is a challenge because this is a different day for different people. I know that some of you have experienced the loss of your mom, some of you recently, and so this is a, a difficult day where there's some grief and some loss, and you just wish you could see your mom one more time and hold her hand, give her a hug. Some of you ladies have never had children, or maybe you want more children and you haven't been able to have them. And so this is a day when your heart can really feel empty and you can just feel this sense that your life isn't complete. Or maybe you had a really difficult relationship with your mom and you wish you could go back and do it all over again. But regardless of what your personal situation is like, I want to encourage you, I want to encourage all of us that we have a God who knows more about us than our own mother and he loves us anyway. He loves us so much that he sent his son to die for us so that we could be a part of his family and so that we could become the person, the mom, the dad, the grandparent that he created us to be. So how does that happen? Well, take a look at your outline. Take a look at your outline. And we're going to go from the bottom to the top. This is how that happens. Remember that nothing is too hard for God. Recognize when to step in and when to step back. Release your worries to God. Request great things for your children. And moms especially, realize how much influence you have in the lives of your children. Let's go back to that little Summer days, the lodge by the 
Hogwarts is still my favorite place, and I could come every year, and it wouldn't change. Pray with me this morning. Father, we're so thankful for the moms that you've put in our lives. Thankful that they brought us into this world so that we could know you, God, and know your purpose for our lives. And God, we thank you for the sacrifices. We thank you for the ways that our moms have prayed for us and been great examples to us. Lord, for those who are going through any grief or loss this morning, I pray that you will comfort them. God, for those who have had difficult relationships with their mothers, I pray, God, that you would bring healing as only you can. And God, today, for the moms and the grandmothers and even the great-grandmothers who are here, I pray that, Lord, all of, all of them, all of us, would realize that the love that a mom has for her child really is a reflection of the love, God, that you have for us. And Lord Jesus, we realize that, that your life on this earth is a model for us to follow, but it's more than that. Because God, um, you know this, that, that moms need patience and they need wisdom and they need strength and they need encouragement and they need hope. And where does that come from? Well, Lord, it comes from you. And so for the moms and the grandmoms here today, Lord, whatever they need on this Mother's Day, would you please give it to them? God, we're so thankful for the grace that you continue to pour into our lives. And Father, for all of us, I pray this, that, that Jesus would be that foundation upon which we build our lives, that foundation upon which we build our families. For we pray in his name, amen. Let's stand and sing our last song, Firm Foundation.